So I, I wanted to start this episode with Trevor talking about something that wasn't related to anything. Ellie's podcast related. Um, but sadly, we don't have Kyle here with us today. He's still with us, of course, but uh, not appearing in today's episode. <laughs> Kyle's yeah. alive. Let's clear yeah. that up. Kyle is alive. He's just not able to record a podcast episode yeah. tonight. And we did plan pretty short notice. And, you know, that's... Uh, we, we miss him dearly and look forward to the day when he'll be on again. <laughs> please stop trying to... I know you're not trying to, but please stop making it sound like he's in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kyle's fine, Not, not trying to eulogize here. That kind of sounds like it. It's kind of fun. So uh, We just kind of planned last second to record an episode and yep. Kyle couldn't make it. That's uh, all. So we actually... I actually told Trevor we were going to skip social hour today. Uh, oh, and this is episode. Oh, <clears throat> well, welcome to oh, Off the Crossbar. Trevor, you stole my thunder. Yes, episode totally twenty-one. That was what old I was enough to for. drink. Uh, old enough to, I don't know, gamble. Do you have to be twenty-one to gamble? Eighteen. You have to be twenty-one mm-hmm. to gamble. Uh, I think it's twenty-one to buy cigarettes now, right? That's oh, like a federal good. thing. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't care. I'll buy cigarettes, and even if I did buy cigarettes, way over twenty one. Yeah, so like twenty three by now. Me. At least, at least, uh, oh. <laughs> at least so, twenty three. But I thought I'd give a little garden update, and then Trevor, if you want to give an update on whatever video game you're playing, because you're such a heavy video game player, uh, we we could just do that. No, I don't want to give. I don't want to give, give a video, video game, game update. update for you. Then I'll give a board, oh, yeah, game, give a board update. game update. I'll uh, and then we'll go to the garden. So I went over to my sister's this weekend. Um, My daughter goes over to my sister's all the time because she's got cousins over there and she loves hanging out with them. And anyway, she goes over there all the time. And every now and then I go over Saturday night. Is there like board game night with their friends occasionally? And usually they're playing. um, Usually if I get there, I get there after they've started a game and they're like an hour in. So I can't really ever join. But they were just starting um, Ancient Worlds. Oh, cool. But they didn't actually start it. This is the third time they've tried to start that game. And then they like read the rules and they go over everything and they spend like an hour laying it all out and getting it ready. And then they realize that it's not really what they want to do. They'd rather just play a game they already know. So I showed up right as they were finishing up like a tutorial video of like how to play the game and how to like go through turns and all that stuff. And I showed up and then they were like, oh, well, this is only a four player game and we've got five people here now. Trevor, do you want to play? And I was like, no, it's okay. I don't have to play. Like I was just going to yeah. come pick up Charlotte and then we we're going to go. And they're like, no, we'll play a different game. Let's get a different game. So we played power oh, grid, which is I also a game grid. I've never played before. And I really it is, like it. It's, it's uh, a lot of fun. one of my favorite games. Actually, you can probably see it on my shelf behind me. Some, uh, <laughs> I'm sure no, it's, it's over here. You can't see it. Oh, it's a great game. Well, I'm probably I'm probably gonna buy it and make my nice. roommate play it with me. He doesn't he doesn't play board games at all, but I'm probably gonna make I'll him play, play it with you once fun. we're allowed to uh, see each other in person again. Can we? Can you? Can that be turned into a tabletop yeah. simulator? Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. let's do cool. that. That'd be fun. Uh, so, so my right, anyway uh, social hour update. Uh, I got some uh, sweet aperitif tomatoes from my garden. Really, really delicious stuff. They're just like what are little, those? I, I understand yeah. tomatoes. So I didn't a understand any other is word. A fruit from a flowering <laughs> plant thing, uh, but no, it's a it's like a little sweet cherry tomato, and it's really good. I think these were probably like ninety percent ripe, but I'm not going to let them sit. I'm okay. going to eat them because I yeah. they're tomatoes and they're growing in my garden. <laughs> and then I've been playing yeah. a lot of Story of Seasons, uh, Friends of Mineral Town. You may know it as uh, Harvest Moon, Friends of Mineral Town. Great game. You're basically just a guy farming, and uh, or girl, guy or girl farming, and uh, that's basically the whole game. So good. This is this a video, video game, game or board game? So it's like Farming Simulator. If I said it, you were playing Farming Simulator, how far, far off would I be? It, it's not realistic at all. If I said you were playing Stardew Valley, how far uh, Stardew off Valley would I be? Was, it, 
uh, when I say inspired by the Harvest Moon series, I mean like it took every idea it had from the Harvest Moon series. So extremely close. Okay. All right. right. Okay. So I've never heard of Harvest Moon, but oh, I know Stardew Valley. So, so. weird. Okay. So uh, we've got a kind of weird episode for you today. We're going to try a new format. Um, you'll see what you think. Let us know, I guess. I don't know. Trevor, let me know what you think of it. I'm not really sure how it's going to turn out. <laughs> I, but uh, I, I promise I will let you know I'm what gonna I say, think of it's it. It's going to sound like we have Freddie Juarez on this podcast, which is not true. But we do have audio from his last press conference. Uh, well, yeah, last official post-match press conference on Friday. A game which Trevor did not watch. No, you don't have to give At excuses. All. It's fine. You didn't miss anything. But I thought it'd be interesting to... <laughs> I read Twitter and it said I didn't have to watch it, yeah, so I didn't watch I, it. I thought it'd be interesting to kind of talk about what some of the, the core concepts that Freddie Juarez talks about. Um, he's a he's a actually a pretty interesting press conference person because he does hint at some of his uh, broader tactical ideas, and uh, it's not something we ever got from Mike Pecky. Clearly, uh, we certainly got some big rants. He loved those big rants. Uh, that is not a Freddie Juarez trait, thankfully, and I don't think we ever got that from Jeff Kassar for obvious reasons. No, and uh. Jason <laughs> is the obvious reason that there it just wasn't there the tactical knowledge um, yeah i think that's is that the obvious reason or it's some other obvious reason i think that's probably it and then you know jason christ okay. didn't didn't divulge much he'd wink and nod but jason Christ he didn't didn't talk yeah. oh golly i forgot how boring his press They're conferences really were anyway so we're gonna pipe through They're some so audio bad. from the press conference and uh See how it goes. Trevor, anything you want to say before we get this show on the road? I'm sure I will say enough as we I are mean, on the road. I mean, you always do, so. Did we yeah. have a road trip? Oh, anywhere? I feel like we did. Yeah. Well, you and me, we have been to the same place at the same time, but I don't think we've ever gone, like, in the oh, same yeah, vehicle right. or anything like that. The only one I think we might have road trip together on was maybe Portland? Maybe. My first Portland trip, that would have been like 2013, like the last game of the ah. season. It would have been in a big van with like nine I feel other like guys. I might have been there, but I I wonder if I said, no, I'm going to, you know, we're going to be in the playoffs. I'm going to save my time and energy. Yeah, I don't might have been anyway, it. here we go. Anyway. Yeah, it was a hard fought match by both teams. Pretty pretty similar. I think we, we might have won the possession edge. Uh, I think they might have had one more shot over us. Passing accuracy, very similar to the Colorado. I think we are at 82%. Um, the effort was tremendous by the guys. Yes, Trevor. I just want to point out, I think it's, I don't know how much or how quickly Freddie has access to these stats post-game. I know that we can like oh, look yeah, them up during the game. Easy, but... and I'm sure he has somebody giving him those, in, those stats if he wants them. They're available in real time. But I... Okay. I just love that he's starting out the press conference, like citing numbers. He's not just like winging it. He's like, oh yeah, we had 82%. They had one more shot than us. And like, he's looking at those like immediately. And he has that information like at the, at the ready. I love that. That's cool. Okay, moving on. Uh, maybe just didn't create a little, you know, we need to create a little bit more, more chances um, for, for goal. Cause there's two very good defensive teams that, that know how to defend in the box and, and sacrifice and, and, and will put their body on the line, that it was going to just take a little bit extra. Uh, and, you know, if we created 10 chances, we probably need to create 15, 20 chances to get a goal game. I think that's really interesting. Uh, we've we've had coaches who have said, like, you know, every chance counts. You've got to, you know, you may, you know, if you get a chance, you have to finish them. Uh, but Freddie here is a little more clinical, I think, which is the opposite of what our strikers were. Um, Bad joke. I'm sorry, um, but but he's actually saying like uh, we we had some chances. We didn't have enough chances, and that's a realization I think from a coach that knows that you like there is no way you finish every chance. And a team that creates two chances and scores two goals is uh let's say not sustainable. And I think we've seen that here. Before. A statistical yeah. anomaly. Trevor, anything to add? No, I just echo what you say. I like that he. 
I don't know if we actually created 10 chances. I think that you should be scoring one or two goals on 10 chances. So I think he's intentionally or unintentionally paying a compliment to Minnesota's defense. He'll um, get into that more. Saying that we created yeah, saying that we created 10 chances and not scored. I think we should be scoring if we're creating 10 chances, but I like the idea that he's saying we're good enough. We've just this is a team that you have to create more chances on in order to get those goals. If you're creating chances, goals will come. But I like that he's saying that he, that he's not accepting that we created 10 chances and we just got unlucky, which is yeah, what we've heard in the past. I like that he's saying what we need to do is if we're able to create 10 chances, we should be able to create yeah. 15. And then we'll get a goal or two yeah. down there. Okay. So I like that. And see these guys, but overall, I'm very proud of our guys. Another clean sheet. Uh, it's not easy playing in this weather at this time and against this opponent. And, and our guys, they fought their guts out. That's fairly normal coach speak, right? And I think that's yeah. something we probably should talk about with Orlando. Uh, the weather is not conducive to. Uh, activities outside i think no um but it is important to point out that in this scenario in this tournament everybody's dealing with the same weather this isn't something where like we're going down to houston and you're blaming the weather in houston because the game was scheduled in houston and that's just what you have to prepare for that game every team is dealing with the same thing so on that looking at how the weather or the climate is affecting it like you can compare yourself to other teams and him pointing out that we kept another clean sheet in a tournament that has seen four five and six goal games against teams, teams that have had the same amount of preparation as we've had. That's impressive. I think it's, it's worth noting that our defense is as good as it is in this tournament. We're probably not playing the most high power offense teams, but we're playing the teams that we can play and we're not letting them score. And that's, that's good to know. Okay, let's move on to the next uh, next little segment here. Uh, in this one, I took a note. Uh, he's going to, well, we get a, an iconic quote, coach quote to uh, kick things off. So here we go. We always go for the win. We wanted. We always go for the win. <laughs> all right, that's all. The win. Well, that was in response. Well, hang on. That was in response to a yeah, question. Yeah. Um, the question was, did you play for the draw or were you trying to go for a win? Which I don't remember who asked the question. And even if I did, I probably wouldn't name them. But that's a silly question to ask. Like, just, I don't know. I Like, what what answer is he going to give? Oh, yeah. Today against Minnesota, yeah. our second opponent in this tournament format where points are obviously at a premium. Yeah, we decided to play for a draw yeah. today. Like, give me a break. Anyway, sorry. I really did not like that question. I get the answer, but I don't like so, that question. Uh, part of me thinks questions like that are sometimes intended to provoke a response, not to be necessarily serious questions, but to get the coach to open up. And I think we'll get that here. We, 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 you know, we wanted to build off of the Colorado game. Uh, our guys had the great mentality this week leading into it. Um, went into the game with great mentality, played the game with great mentality. You know, just sometimes it's you, you don't you don't create the chances uh, the, in, in the amount that you wanted to. But, you know, I'm still super proud of the guys. I think we created one or two pretty good chances. Uh, I think they did as well. Um, but it was it was still, you know, the effort was tremendous. Uh, and, you you know, we we worked on a couple of things, uh, but could have maybe been a, just a little bit more dynamic in the final third and, uh, you know, to to create a couple more chances. But overall, guys, uh, you know, again, we didn't go for the tie. We went for the win, but the opponent matters. And this is this was a good opponent that we played against. Yeah, I think that that kind of goes back to what you were saying, Trevor, about uh, him showing some respect to Minnesota here, which is pretty normal in press conferences. Uh, I don't think it actually is particularly meaningful unless the coach says we don't respect our opponent or uh, we thought we could have scored seven goals on him. Um, but, you know. <laughs> It's pretty yeah, but I mean, a coach isn't going to say that unless it's like a yeah. rivalry match. You know what and I mean? Not an MLS. If, it, and if it was a match that that yeah. mattered, like the MLS's back tournament is not going to produce those press so conferences. Jose I don't think. Here, which, if it ever happens, uh, he better not come to Real Salt Lake, or I'll be very unhappy. I would love for him to come to Real Salt Lake, but 
that's because I love I mean, chaos. Yeah, so that's yeah. Well, we've seen how well he does. <laughs> if you're not going to be so. good, you should be chaotic, and that would be chaotic. Yeah, to say the least. All right, here we go. Next question. In the note I've got here, ah, he's going to talk about uh, Albert next. So let's go. You never expect that to happen. Talking um, about the injury here. Well, you know, you, you you try to anticipate and you put little sub stuff together before the game in case some scenarios, but. You know, it was unfortunate. You know, was a lot of times when that happens that quick, you don't, you don't, the, the player doesn't get the chance to properly warm up. Um, and and Justin and I talked about it. You know, I thought he could have maybe gone in and played a little simpler, uh, especially because it's hard to come in into a match as a sub, uh, and and especially against a very good team like Minnesota. That maybe it was it, it, he should have like eased into the game with with simple touches. But he found the rhythm. He got into in the second half, and he became a pretty dangerous player in the second half. So. Um, and I don't know too much of Albert right now. I haven't discussed that with the with our, uh, our medical staff yet. So we can actually stop there. Uh, he talked today, said that Rusnek is in training, uh, today being Monday, um, in light training, medium training, not full training, um, but that there's a chance he plays Wednesday. So I think he's he's probably okay. He's probably fine. Uh, yeah. Trevor, what did you think of what he had to say about Justin Miram and his substitute appearance? Um, I don't know. I like that he acknowledges that it's difficult to come into the game. I think that sub happened like within the first yeah, 30 like minutes, 25 right? 25 to 30. Like, yeah, he was early. Um, acknowledging that it's that's a difficult position to put Justin in. Um, it seemed to me, and I love reading between the lines and sometimes I go ridiculous when I do it, but it seemed to me like when he was saying um, we prepare for early substitutes um, when he was saying that it sounded like he was saying, normally we prepare for these kind of substitutes. This one seemed to catch us by surprise. Like, I don't know that he was planning on substituting for Rusnak. And I think that kind of plays into it. If you're trying to put a player in, for an injured player, like if you have a plan, great, you can execute that plan. But again, reading too much into it, I don't know that that was anything that he yeah, planned on. It seemed like it was him saying, we we didn't really plan on this. Justin kind of struggled yeah. to get in. And part of the reason that maybe he struggled at first was because he never really planned on going in that early. And he said that Justin didn't get a chance to warm up. And yeah, you don't get a chance to warm up if you're making a substitution in the 25th minute that's always an emergency yeah. sub that's never anybody's nobody's warming up that early so it makes sense that it would take a guy a little bit to to get into shape catch up to the speed of the game um and with a player like justin miram i mean he said it like he got better as yeah. the game went on and that's why it's nice to have those kind of veteran players because if you had somebody We'll talk about this in a minute, but if if we had to put on somebody like Jason Ramirez in that kind of situation, no, I'm talking like specifically like a young player that's not that's not a veteran that's still kind of figuring out the team. Like if we had to put on somebody like that, that would have been really dicey. But having somebody like Justin Miram that's been playing in this league for years and years and is a pretty good player, having that off the bench is an advantage at that point because you don't have to worry about his mental state or anything like that. He knows that these things happen and he knows how to approach the situation as a professional. So it's nice that we have somebody like Miram to bring off the bench in that kind of emergency yeah. case. Okay. Um, I thought one interesting thing there was that he, he actually gave like fairly specific feedback in a press conference, um, which uh, yeah. just saying, you know, you should have played simpler. You should have, you should have done this, that, like that's uh uh, it's, it's nice. I, I think that that gives us a, a better understanding of what he's looking for. And I think gives us a better platform for evaluating him as a coach, which I think every coach should yeah. should use that platform to their benefit. Too often, I think they uh, see press conferences as an opportunity for like opposition scouting or something, which I don't think anyone does because like, really, <laughs> what is like a... Uh, what is Peter Vermes really going to get out of an RSL press conference? Very, very low, right? Even yeah. if Freddie is very detailed, uh, unless he talks about his like pre- like specific plans, like he's not going to get anything new. He, he would hopefully have been scouting the team beforehand. I mean, hopefully not, but you get the idea. 
Yeah. And the other part of that is from what I understand, a lot of coaches don't like to call out players during press conferences. They avoid it specifically because they don't want to cause any rifts or issues with specific players. If they're saying, you know, player A should have done X, Y, and Z throughout the game, player A may not appreciate being called out in the press like that. And so a lot of coaches will tend to stay away from that kind of thing. We've never had a coach that has ever done anything like that. Any single time a specific question is asked about a specific player's performance, it's always deflected and it's never, ever talked about. So I appreciate having a coach that's willing to be able to say, you know what? I wish he would have done X, Y, and Z. And if it's something like playing simpler touches, like that's not a thing that's going to really upset a player that he might be called out on something like that. Yeah, no, there's not at all. And I, I appreciate that he's not afraid to say those kinds of things and recognize that it's okay to say those things about players on your team. It's okay to say, we'll get into it in a minute, but it's okay to say the things that he said about Douglas and the way that Douglas yeah. played. Um, that kind of stuff I, I really appreciate from a coach. Okay. Next up, we've got a little conversation about Jason Ramirez. Um, Trevor, do you think we should focus on this one or do you think we're good to skip it and give a quick overview? We can just do a quick yeah. overview. Uh, the question is basically, um, are we going to see Jason Ramirez? Is he, what's the story with him? And Freddie basically says that uh, he's just not fit. He's not, um, He well, what he said specifically, what he was pointing out was saying that he was talking about players need to be able to go both yeah. ways. Players have defensive responsibilities and the style that the team is asking each player to, to play. If you are not in shape, you're, basically going to be hurting the team and so jason is not in shape to be able to contribute in the way that uh freddie needs him to contribute to be able to contribute to the team so uh, he basically just said he's not in shape he's working to get in shape he's doing extra sessions in the gym he's doing extra trainings um but also that uh oh what was it oh the follow-up question was asked is he in orlando or is he in utah because that was kind of up in the air there's some rumors going both ways and he confirmed that he is in orlando um, with the team, but that, yeah, he's just not ready to play yet. Yeah, I thought that was that was good to hear. Um, it's interesting. He does say that uh, he had his best week, best week of training yet. So uh, if we continue on in this tournament beyond Wednesday, I think there's a chance that we see him, but that's kind of a big if right now. He does talk about him being val- valuable, though, so that's good. Um, you could actually read some he, quotes from this at RSL Soapbox where I wrote an article today but trevor go on he also uh was talking about uh with jason specifically he used the word spectacular and talking about how good of a player he is or he's going to be he used the example of pablo ruiz in that you just got to take things really slow people love new signings and people love to see young kids just going out and playing and that's what they want as fans but he basically just preached patience. He was saying that the talent is there. He's a great kid. We're going to love him, but he's just not ready yet. And he's, I mean, obviously being a youth coach for as many years as he was, he knows what he's talking about. And he was just saying, we're going to take our time with this and we're going to get it yep. right with Jason specifically. Totally, totally agreed. I think that's good. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's move on to the next one. I'll just tee it right up here and let's go. Yeah, they're they're getting better. They're 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 getting more into rhythm. Um, second game that we played in four months, like everyone else in, in there. So, but you know, we 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 really talk about some structure and some positioning that we want every player to take on the field, um, and and our center backs are a big part of that, um, and, and and creating some numbers in the center mid and some spaces that we want between the lines, that we're going to continue to develop. And we feel that uh, Justin Glad, Aaron Herrera, Donnie, Marcelo. Uh, we have some other guys like Bees or, or, or uh, Eric Holt when they play in that position. Other guys that uh, we ask them to play as simple as possible to get into positions that we'd like them to get into to, uh, to build the game. Uh, and then when they get into those positions where we want them receiving the ball and when they look up that they have options um, and, and they're, they're starting to see those options. They're comfortable when they get it because they have multiple options and they know if they can't go for that we're not we're not always going to risk it. We can go over the top if it's on to go over the top, but if it's not, that we're going to recirculate it. Um, so I actually thought that was uh, really interesting the way he's talking about what he wants from his center backs is like distributors of the ball, um, because we we have played a pretty high line under Freddie, 
Uh, we'll we'll typically see the the center backs fairly close to the midfield line. Not unusual in modern soccer, right? It's it's a an attacker's game. Right. Um, but to talk about telling them where they where he wants them to receive the ball, and then for them to have options, I think tells us something about our tactical approach. And I think when we see players recycling the ball at the back, it you know it, it's I think easy and tempting to be frustrated by moments like that, especially if it's happening late, right? You want to feel that urgency. Um, but he's he's talking here instead about you know being deliberate with where they're receiving the ball so they have options when they do, and that's that's really interesting to me, Trevor. Anything you'd like to add? Yeah, that's one of the things that. Um... I used to do this a lot more um, than I do now. But one of the things that I like to do when I'm like analyzing a team or looking at a team um, to like look at their tactics or look how they're set up as a team or how they plan to attack. It's you can always tell when the team, when you have an organized team that has an organized plan that knows what they're going to do because you see patterns in the game. And those patterns are if, this player receives the ball who's coming to them who's becoming the outlet um and does that same person become the outlet every time do they switch off to is are different players looking to receive the ball from the specific player is that player only receiving the ball in certain situations and when you're talking about like cycling the ball uh, around the back um or pushing it through the midfield or something like that you tend to be able to in organized teams teams with the plan you tend to be able to see when a ball is passed from player a to player b other things happen and that might be that player c makes a run towards the middle or somebody else um, checks back to receive the ball or they try to do quick one two touches between two and three players you kind of see those patterns emerge and that's what he's talking about or at least that's what it sounds like to me is he's trying to establish those kind of things with the team if Justin has the ball, who are his outlets and where is Justin going to look for an outlet? It just eliminates the thinking from Justin. He doesn't have to pick his head up and then look for the open man and then decide what's going to be the best pass. Justin gets the ball and if he knows where he is on the field, he can look up and he should see whatever two or three options he has. They should be there and then he should be able to make an A, B or C decision based on what else he sees. He doesn't have to sit there and think about it he already knows what the next step is and he can think about the step ahead of that. And that's what this kind of organization um, that Freddie's talking about does is it just allows a player to think faster and think about the more important things rather than the less important things. And it just helps the team play faster. And I, I love that he's talking yeah, about it's interesting. it. In uh, Matt player. Doyle on Twitter posted a, maybe after the, the first game of the tournament for RSL, uh, some, some shots of Justin Glad, some, some uh, gifs and, and clips yeah and i say gifs i'm sorry um i know i'll get castigated <laughs> for that um at any rate he he posted posted about justin glad and and him playing out of the back and how much of a focus that was for ourselves but also how good justin glad is at it and of course matt doyle i think is a big justin glad fan i don't think he makes any secret about that and he pays a lot of attention to ourselves no. which is great because i like his opinions and not very many people do pay attention yeah. to ourselves. So it's nice when somebody yeah. does, but that's anyway. So it, it's interesting to see how we're utilizing Justin Glad in a way that I think makes a little more sense. Cause I think last year we saw him kind of take a dip, right? A little bit under Mike Pecky. And I think that's because he was oh, yeah. constantly under pressure. That obviously doesn't make any center back. Look good. Yeah. Yeah, and when, with Mike Petke, the plan was often, if Justin had the ball, the plan was either pass it back to Nick, pass it out to the wing, or just yeah. hit it long. Like, those are the three options. And, like, going back to the, like, you don't have to think about it thing, that's boiling it down to, like, bare bones. Like, that's making the game way too easy, and it doesn't allow a player to use the skills and talent that he has. And I know we're focusing on Justin Gladden and um, Freddie's talking about all the players on the back line and they all have the same kind of responsibilities, but Justin Glad is an example where you can see that um, really well. You can see the benefit of having somebody like Freddie coaching the team with tactics and plan rather than just like 
well, you're either going to kick it long or you're going <laughs> to kick it backwards. You know what I mean? Like it seemed like that's all Justin was doing last year offensively with the ball. And Justin was not very involved offensively with the ball. And now that somebody recognizes that Justin can play with the ball at his feet, he did for several years when he was coming up in the academy, he played as a defensive mid yeah. most of the time. So like he's capable of it and he's shown he's capable of it as a professional. It's nice to have a coach recognize it and let him yeah, use this it. This almost to me sounded like a little repudiation of Mike Petke's tactics. Um, I don't think it was intended that way. Um, I kind of <laughs> no, wish it was. I, I wish Freddie Wires was as petty as me, um, but it's probably good. He's not, <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's interesting to hear him talk about not wanting to just play it long. Which, you know, I think we can all get behind. He did mention that, like, that's, I mean, in the in the answer, I don't know if we heard it or if, if we if it was after we cut it off, but he does mention that, like, that's yeah. an option. The long ball is an option, but if it's not on, we redistribute around the back until, you know. So I like that he hasn't taken that out yeah. of the game. I like that that's still part of it because it obviously is yeah. in soccer, but it's nice that he can talk with authority about things like positioning yeah. for a team. We haven't had a coach yeah. do that. It's really nice and refreshing. Okay. Uh, let's finish this quote. I'm, I'm really happy with right now with the, the way the back line is, is composed. And we can continue to grow at it. It's not, it's not a, a finished product. I think there's, you know, with fatigue, you, all, you start seeing some more passes back from a center back to a goalkeeper. We, we want to eliminate that. So if we can play, uh, as a center back and then quickly adjust again and give a little more depth or, or, or width or whatever just to buy us more time, then we won't always have to go back. We think if we can fix that, then we can get it in between the lines a little bit more. But but overall, uh, very first, uh, very good first two games from our from our back line uh, when they build the attack. Yeah, I don't think we have anything to add there. That was good. No. Okay, let's... Uh, Moving on. The next one we've got here. I've just written the attack. I don't remember exactly what this is. So, wasn't that what we just? That did? was the defense. I thought we were on positioning and takeaways. Oh yeah, we are. I should have written the defense then. Wow. <laughs> I don't know who let me uh, write <laughs> anyway. these documents, but it was three things. It was the first one. That was one of the biggest coaching point is our positioning. Uh, when we took our structure and then an organized attack was, we needed some positions that when we found the ball getting to our wide players often, up against a touchline. But then we didn't have penetrating runs, so we can play from an outside to inside to a runner uh, in behind the back line. So positioning was first. Second is, guys, it's hot. It's 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 uh, two very good defensive teams that sometimes maybe we need a little more risk uh, because it really isn't too much of a risk when you play behind the back line because even if you don't connect it or whatever, you still have 11 players, 10 players behind the ball. Uh, but we needed to give a little bit more of those. And I thought we saw a little bit more of that in the second half. We, we started being a little more dynamic and getting it. If it wasn't going through, it was getting it wide and then running at their at their, at their back line, uh, but could have done it more often. Uh, I actually really – like I, I'd never really thought about uh, the idea that playing it, playing that long ball or playing that option all the way to the front uh, was one, like a, an easily defensible position because you've got players behind the ball. Um but like not a not a particularly adventurous one uh, because it's easy to look at like, you know, you see a player run onto the ball and it's exciting. And it, if it works once in a game, then great. You uh, feel really good about that. Um, but it, it doesn't usually work, right? Right. And I don't. No, that's not what I was going to say. Yeah, no, you're right. Um I like that he recognizes that. And that's a thing that this team specifically needs to work on. It, it What he's talking about is like, it's totally fine to take that risk and play that through ball or play that long ball over the top. As long as the commitment is there for if it doesn't go through, the other team's going to get possession, ideally very deep in their half. And if as long as you have the commitment to try to keep the ball in that half, that's fine. Because as long as the ball is in their half, that's the goal. If they have the ball, then hopefully we keep it in their half until they turn it over. We can take it away. As long as you have that commitment to follow that misplayed pass or, or that too long of a ball for the whole team instead of just one or two players, then that's fine. You can take that risk. And if it's a uh, a high risk situation where it just doesn't come off nine times out of ten, as long as the team is committed to defend immediately, 
that's fine. And we've seen that in other teams. That's a kind of a um, Jurgen Klopp thing. You know, you take these risks and if they don't work out, you've got five or six guys immediately defending and immediately harassing the defenders. The guys who traditionally aren't very good with the ball at their feet, trying to force a turnover right away. And if you can force a turnover, then you've got the ball in the attack in half again. You don't have to go all the way down the field. You're already there and you're already set up. So I like that he's talking about that. I wanted to say something rude about Liverpool here, but without Kyle on today, it feels like it would be a miss. So let's just continue here. Uh, And we adjusted. We adjusted from the first half. There wasn't much of that. In the second half, we created more. Can we be consistent and try to get it from the beginning of the game to the end? And again, it's, 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 it's hard to run in this stuff. Uh, so a lot, you know, it, it's not that the players don't want to. They want to get to goal. They want to create chances. But sometimes it's just the opponent uh, keeps you from doing it. And also uh, fatigue can keep you from doing it. So I think it's interesting here that he. So if I had heard that quote in isolation, um, it might sound like an excuse, right? That, oh, it's it's hot. It's yeah. humid, uh, which I I had would have no chance of running in. Um, I can barely run in not humid, not hot weather. Um, but but because we've heard this already, um, we know that he's earlier talked about how they should have created more chances. So giving it that context, I think, is really important. And one of the reasons I really prefer to listen to full post-match interviews uh, is because they often have some some context inside that that is less quote worthy, certainly, but makes a big difference to the way you think about the game. Yeah. I agree. So I, I appreciate that Freddie isn't making an excuse here. Um, and I think in a way he's saying, uh, you know, we, we can try these high risk things, um, but the amount of effort it requires, you know, that, that run on that is you know, a run back to defend uh, is unwise for, for a team under these conditions. And that I think is something I don't think about enough. It's easy to look at the team and say, you're going to play this way. And we've all been conditioned by like FIFA, right? Where we think every team plays exactly the same unless the ground is wet and then the ball moves a little faster. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, we've got one more little quote here. So let's just uh, kick it off. I wanted a more central, uh, especially when we took our structure. We, we this is about uh, Douglas Douglas Martinez, right? Yeah, was somebody specifically asked. The question was basically like they noticed that Douglas was getting uh, a lot more touches out wide. He was receiving the ball out wide a lot more often than he was receiving a central in this game as opposed to the first game. So this is him talking about that specifically. I wanted a more central. Uh, especially when we took our structure, we, we, we wanted him to occupy the center backs. Uh, when we're talking about penetrating the back line, um, it becomes a little easier if you can narrow their center backs because now there's space between the center back and the outside back. And I thought he was, he was drifting too much to one side and then he naturally just brought the center back. And then if we try to get it to that side, they were ready. It was like a man on man or, or they had already drifted across. There was in no gaps. The gaps were closed. So that was something that we talked a little. I actually really love this. Um, Yes, Trevor. Oh, all right. No, go ahead. Sorry. You just shook your head and then he nodded your head and you've really thrown me for a loop here. <laughs> Don't worry it's like about we're it. in person. This is great. Sorry. The magic of the uh, yeah. of video under that, right? <laughs> um, but I think it's interesting to hear him talk about how pulling the center back out wide uh, closed gaps for them rather than open new gaps because it's easy to think like, oh, you drag a player with you, new space is open as a result. Um, but instead, he, he wants Douglas Martinez to stay central, draw the center backs toward him in the center, right? So that space opens in the channels. And that that's, I, I just love it. Yeah, he's talking specifically about where he wants the space to be, where the team is planning on those spaces to be. And he's talked about this before when he's talking about uh, playing outside in or getting the ball outside, bringing it back in or making inside out runs like he's in the same press conference. He said that a couple of times um, in different ways, but he wants Douglas to be central because then it enables the other players to fulfill their roles. If Douglas drifts out wide, just what he just said, then it 
brings another defender out there and then you have an extra defender on the wing which is where you're trying to get the ball and it's just not working so i like that he's thinking about it that way in that he's got a specific way that he wants to play he's got specific channels that he wants open specific spaces occupied by specific players um it's just everything's very well thought out and very well reasoned and it's nice that he can explain all that in a post-game press conference sorry hit play but there we go a little bit and i know why he drifted uh every player wants space and time and they want the ball uh, and then he had success last game where he got it wide and then had an assist, right? So then he feels like, okay, well, if I keep finding that, I'm going to do it. But uh, for our team, for our team who have uh, success in the attack, when we're in an organized attack, we need a player occupying the center backs. Um, and from there, now he can run from the inside out, uh, which he did a few of those against Colorado as well. When we get it out now to a, an outside back, now he can run from the central channel into the wide channel. Um, but I think today his positioning uh, was a little inconsistent in what we wanted. And he got a little bit better as the game went on in the second half. But we, we need, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to be a number nine and be brave and play back to, back to goal with big center backs on your back. And, and sometimes that's, that's where development's going to come in, where he's comfortable to be able to hold up, hold up center backs, especially the, the two center backs they had in Boxel and Aha, are, they're, they're giants, they're monsters. So, so, you know, he's going to develop. He's, he still had a very solid game for us, and, and he'll, he's only going to get better. So I really – that's uh, – so the interesting thing here is that I get the impression that Freddie has given him specific feedback about what he wants him to do, and that's why he's able to talk about it in a press conference because it's not a surprise to the player, right? It's instead, we wanted him to do right. this. He didn't. This is how it affected our game. And I don't, I don't know how long he'll uh, continue giving like actual detail like that in press conferences. I feel like there's a, there, you know, there's that overriding school of thought among coaches that you hide all you can, right? Um, and I hope this doesn't change. Yeah, I agree. I don't have anything cool. to add. I agree with that. Okay, so uh, that kind of ends that portion. Um, but I, there was one more quote I wanted to throw in. Um, we don't have rights to to use the audio. This is from MLS, um, so we we can use this. Um, but there was one on uh, the Bill Riley show today, uh, where Freddie was talking about uh, Sam Johnson and him coming in. So I, I'm just going to read that quote right here. <clears throat> I'm not. Oh, the, hang oh. on. Sorry, I just caught up. You said Bill yeah. Riley, and he's the ESPN local radio. Yeah, not okay, the Fox sorry. News guy. There's another very famous kind of Bill Riley, Bill O'Reilly. I was so confused. Sorry. I'm with you. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Uh, Maybe we should have gotten gotten him in earlier, to be honest. Again, this is about Sam Johnson. I think he got 15 minutes. He should have gotten 25. Sometimes you're just feeling the game out. Sometimes you see something from a player that could go a little longer. Time just passes, and all of a sudden, you've lost track of time. Which, uh... (laughs) um that's i hate it but it's it's very frustrating to hear because do you know how difficult it is to to have somebody on the bench a trainer another assistant coach a player that you know is like a backup goalkeeper a player that's not gonna get on the field just tell somebody be like hey come get me at the 60th minute just let me know when it's the 60th minute because i've got plans and i need to know when it's the 60th minute because we're just going to make those changes either way or the 50th minute or yeah. the 70 you know what i mean like it's so easy to just have somebody there that's just there to be like hey it's the 55th minute just letting you know and then he can decide or not to make the subs or not but it's frustrating to have the same critique of a coach game after game be you don't make subs until the 85th minute and his reason for it is oh sometimes we lose track yeah. of time like there's several clocks all over the all over the field. You probably have your own clock running on the bench. Yeah, do better. It's it. <laughs> I think you're right. It's a terrible reason, um, but it's also a great explanation. Uh, so it's a kind of a a weird one there. But yeah, I, I I'm, I'm with you. I don't think there's any controversy there. He should have made those subs earlier. Uh, he did not. So. What are you gonna do? Nothing in retrospect, right? You can <sighs> you can change going forward and. and 
And hopefully by vocalizing it, it kind of triggers something in him and he, he remembers. Um, but I also think it's it's worth remembering that, uh, sure, he was the Real Monarchs coach for, what, a year, two years? Was it was it a year? It was a while. Um, I think it was a. I think it was a year, and then he was an assistant in RSL for like yeah. a year and a half. Um, and it, it's easy to think like, oh, he should have learned that well as at Real Real Monarchs. Um, that team under him was even more explicitly just a development team. It was full of academy players and players who uh, fizzled out very quickly after that. Um, I think we've learned a lot there, and yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to see. And we could debate the the merits of that all day. Um, but it was not like a real professional team in that sense. It was much closer to what the other MLS right. two products are up there. So, yeah, I agree. It's just I. The thing about this is that like I don't want to be the guy that's like harping on a coach for not making yeah. subs, because to me it's just like it's a boring criticism of a coach, and if that's your only criticism of a coach, like that's fine if that's the only thing that you have against a specific coach is that he doesn't make subs when you want him to make subs, like that's just, it's not a great yeah, criticism if it's, if and it gets really boring sure. really quick. Yeah. But he's done it so consistently and the coach before him did it so consistently. Like, I just wish we had something else to yeah. talk about. That's the, that's the level that I'm at now. I wish we had something else to talk about because this conversation it's just getting boring. It's nice that he's acknowledging it. It's nice that people are bringing it up and questioning him about it. But <sighs> this whole time, like we got, we have five yeah. subs now. So there's like even less of an yeah, excuse. Just like, use them. And use subs them. at halftime, like don't count, like definitely just use them. You're playing in Orlando where it's hot and humid and you all talk the time. About fatigue, you're right? talking about you're talking a lot about fatigue and how you need different things from different players and you need commit, like make your yeah. subs. It it's like making me it's making me angry and I've been trying to like avoid this conversation for so long. But just yeah. anyway, sorry. I'm gonna stop ranting. But that's what it is. It's a rant at yeah. this point. I think like, it's relevant because we saw when Sam Johnson came on, he created a chance with a run and was, you know, what, a foot away from a goal. Uh it was a really good run. It was a pretty good shot. He could have taken a, taken another step and put it in an empty net, I think, but uh, you know, rest. But brain. that's the thing. You give that player, you give that player 15 minutes and he gets one chance and it's like, ah, oh, it's a bummer. He didn't get it. But if you give that player 20 minutes yeah. or 30 minutes and he gets three or four of those chances and he's probably going to make one or two of those yep. chances. Like Sam Johnson puts those chances. And maybe away, he generally. doesn't, but, <laughs> and, and that's the thing, like maybe he doesn't, but I would like to see him get the chance to. I'm sure it's frustrating for Giuseppe Rossi and for Sam Johnson to come in with like 10 minutes to impact the game and be labeled as this guy that like isn't impacting the team and isn't contributing, but it's because they're playing 10, 15 minutes each game. Like you can't do that. Like we talked about with Justin Miram earlier, it takes a while for you to grow into the game and yeah, as a sub, you should be able to be able to catch up to the game a lot quicker when it's the 75th minute versus the 25th minute. But still, if you only have 20 minutes to have an effect on the game, you just don't have the opportunities yeah. yep. to do so. Okay. Well, uh, I think that wraps up our coverage of that game. Uh, Trevor, should we touch very briefly on Wednesday's game taking place at seven 30 in the morning? Oh, jeez. Yeah. You ready for that? I totally forgot that. No, I'm not going to watch it. Why would I do that? Because you're on a podcast that talks about it. Okay. Fair. <laughs> but I also have a job. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, I know a lot of people right now are working from home. They have jobs. They're working from home. I don't have a job where I can work from home. I don't have a job where I can watch TV while I'm doing it. Like, so that's that's the bummer part for me is the early games on weekdays. I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I haven't watched Champions League games in the last two and a half years because I, yeah. I just can't. So and uh, I can watch a replay. I'll try to watch a replay oh. for this one. If Twitter tells me that I will watch a re that I need to watch the game, yeah. I'll watch the game. But if it turns into another zero zero snooze fest, then I'll pay attention to the post game and I'll pay attention to what Twitter had to say about it. At least it, and watch the extended <laughs> highlights. 
Oh, yeah, two of minutes of him. Well, uh, <laughs> do you think? But it's this Wednesday. It's two yeah, days from now, right? Which, yeah, crazy. Um, do you think Sam Johnson starts? Um, I truly hope so. I know last time I said that I think him and Rossi and Miram will start yeah. this game. I, I mean, if we only get three, and right now it's looking like we'll probably get more than three games, but if we only get three games in this tournament, I don't want to see the same lineup three times. Yeah, I, I get that. I want to see what the other guys can yeah. do. Um, so I really hope Sam starts. I hope Miram starts. Um, I hope Rossi gets more than five or minutes. Like two minutes, right? That he got last game. <laughs> yeah. He got one minute against Minnesota. And I think, I think he did get like 10 or 15 against um, Colorado. Whoever the hell we played. Yeah. Colorado. He got like 10 or 15, but he didn't like, he got seven touches. So like, that's garbage. I want him to get more than seven touches. And if that means he plays 30 minutes or if he starts and goes until halftime, like, yeah, whatever it is, I just want to see more from the guys that should be contributing more. I would think. Yep. Okay. That's it. Well, I think we should end this podcast then this episode rather. Okay. Um, I'll, I agree. I'll put out a general call. <laughs> if you've made it this far, please let us know what you think of the format. Um, I, I think please. it's interesting. This is going to uh, be fun. But, you know, if you're not enjoying it, then uh, we'll make Trevor do a dance while he does it and in, in, uh, post a video or something. I feel like this is a lot of fun yeah. for me. Let me know if it's fun to listen to because it's fun for me to sit here and talk about it. It's fun for me too, Trevor. We'll see what Kyle thinks when he comes back to Yep. Oh yeah, Kyle will have to listen to it. I, mean, he? <laughs> I, I wouldn't blame him if he didn't, but probably. Why not, would he want to listen to us, Jokers? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, fair well, point. Uh, Trevor, any big plans for the week? Uh, the, yeah. the week? No, no. I had a really, really garbage weekend, and I'm just going to try to just coast through this week, and hopefully, have a much better weekend this I coming hope you weekend. Do too. So. That's it. I just want this week to be much easier than last week. Seems fair. I kind of want to go back to that. So I was in the mountains yeah. over the weekend and I watched the game uh, sitting in a camp chair around a campfire. Um, because it turns out up by solitude, you actually get like full bars. So it's perfect for streaming the game. Um, it was kind of ridiculous because I, I did not escape the digital world, but I didn't actually want to escape the digital world. It is like 25 <laughs> degrees cooler up there and it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I was in, uh, I was in park city on Friday and it's extremely yeah. pleasant. Up I in just want to go back to 45 degrees at night. I can't wait. <laughs> Me too. Okay. Me well, too. uh, we will talk soon. Anyway. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will. Goodbye. Okay, bye. Bye.